This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on a rainy Wednesday afternoon, March 30th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. North Suburban-based Walgreens is turning to robots to fill prescriptions. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a report on employment in the private sector is out today. Ahead of Friday's government jobs report for March, we're joined by Lance Roberts, chief investment strategist with RIA Advisors based in Houston. The website, realinvestmentadvice.com, on Twitter, too, at Lance Roberts. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. At first blush, 455,000 new jobs in the month of March, so says the private payroll (laughs) processor ADP. Uh, Not much in the way of a surprise if you followed the uh, weekly uh, tally of unemployment claims, which is still at a, a half century low. That's absolutely right. I mean, you know, look, we've gone through a period of time now. It's important to, to also distinguish here, Rob, that what we're doing a lot is, is not really creating a lot of new jobs, so to speak. Remember, we laid off a tremendous amount of the workforce in 2020. So a lot of the hiring we've seen since we've opened back up the economy is really, repl- you know, just hiring people back to their jobs. And, you know, so now we're getting to the point that we're actually starting to create some new employment here. Now, the risk, of course, is that as we move forward, and the Fed starts hiking rates. You know, historically, the Fed hikes rates to slow economic growth. As economic growth slows, you know, that tends to lead to a rise in unemployment claims. So it's it, we're at one of those really kind of interesting, you know, junctures where we have a really strong economy, and now the Fed wants to slow it down. And now we're seeing uh, hospitality uh, jump into the fray as well. In some previous reports, it was actually kind of a drag on employment as there was some uh, uncertainty about customer-facing businesses, when people will start going out again, when business travel will pick up. And it seems like the hospitality sector is planning its flag firmly in, uh, we're back. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And look, I mean, you know, the biggest problem we're at now, of course, is actually filling those jobs. If you take a look at a lot of the job uh, job creation that we've had or, you know, jobs being put back to work, it's a lot of that is in the leisure hospitality area. And again, this is one of the big challenges for restaurants, et cetera, is, is actually finding workers to fill the positions. ADP and the Bureau of Labor Statistics have a different methodology when it comes to uh, calculating the number of new jobs in a given month, which means there is a kind of a wide discrepancy between the private report and then the uh, government report that comes out on Friday morning. Are there any indications there might be a a wide variance once again uh, come 7.30 Chicago time on Friday morning? (laughs) Well, it's actually been usually the the variance is not you know, wildly dramatic uh, historically, but lately over the last few months in particular, there have been some really wide variances. We've seen strong ADP reports, but weak employment reports. 
So really, you know, Rob, it's kind of a, a shot in the dark trying to guess what Friday will be. I expect to see a, a fairly robust employment number, pretty close in line with expectations. Um, and, and again, this is just going to kind of feed into the the Fed's concerns about a strong economy and hot inflation and then what they've got to do in terms of policy. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Lance Roberts, Chief Investment Strategist, RIA Advisors, based in Houston, Texas. Find him on Twitter, at Lance Roberts. Coming up, a top drugstore chain is changing the way it fills prescriptions. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Deerfield-based Walgreens is looking to fill more prescriptions to the use of robots. Let's get the details from Bruce Japson, the Chicago-based healthcare writer for Forbes. Bruce, thanks for joining us today. If you call a Walgreens pharmacy, one of the uh, items that is in their automated message for you uh, before they connect you to a pharmacist is a reminder that the pharmacist takes a meal break during certain times during the day. And uh, then you go there, and then the pharmacist fills the prescription sometimes right in front of you. Uh, If this robotics plan is fully implemented, how will that change your experience picking up a prescription at the corner of Happy and Healthy? (laughs) Well, Rob, I don't know that it would change it that much. I mean, the interesting thing here is a lot of this, um, Walgreens is is using robots to fill prescriptions. A lot of that is happening, happening at uh, these fulfillment centers and so forth. A lot of people don't realize that the actual manufacturing process of a drug by a drug maker never touches the human hand. And so this is, in my opinion, a, an extension of that to kind of take human error out of it. Now, we have a, a, a workforce shortage in this country, and certainly that affects you know pharmacists, pharmacy techs, and so, so forth. But I think what Walgreens and CVS and Rite Aid and, and pharmacies at your grocery stores are trying to do is they will still educate you on the drug. Now, whether they're actually, you know, filling it and so forth. I think if you have a new prescription and you are going to get it for the first time, it might be filled, fulfilled there. But I think they're trying to do as much as possible at these fulfillment centers because they kind of know when you're coming in. They know when you order the prescription, which hopefully should speed the process and allow you to have more of a discussion with your pharmacist about the drug interactions and other things that you're on, or maybe they'll suggest a generic and so forth. So I think it's probably a good thing, but I think generally um, with a robot-powered fulfillment centers, I think some people are thinking, oh my God, R2-D2 is going to fill my prescription. I think it's more of a situation where they're trying to make the process more efficient, and in some cases, many cases, might even take human error out of the equation. Well, at the same time, Bruce, uh, we trusted R2-D2 to fix the uh, X-Wing fighter uh, during combat with the Empire, so I think he's up to the task. But this also seems like another case of robotics not uh, replacing human workers, but making the lives of the human workers a lot easier and also making them more productive. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, unfortunately, you know, in this country, you know, we have a lot of uh, we have more prescription needs. I mean, we have um, prescription uh, medications are designed in part to keep people healthy and keep you out of the hospital, um, whether it's, you know, you know, taking a covid pill after you get sick or making sure that you're on your routine maintenance drugs. We still have pr- problems in this country where uh, one in three Americans aren't even filling their prescriptions after they get get them from a physician. So I think you're absolutely right. I think what this will do is hopefully 
make the process more efficient in the back end where the consumer uh, doesn't see it. And then at the front end, when you go to pick up your prescription, hopefully that process will be more streamlined because of what the robots are doing behind the scenes. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Bruce Japson, Chicago-based healthcare writer for Forbes. Coming up next, there appears to be a shadow movement of tankers carrying oil from Russia. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Sanctions against Russia have impacted the country's oil exports, but there appears to be movement going on below the radar. Let's get the latest now from Phil Flynn, senior market analyst with the Price Group based in Chicago. Phil, thanks for joining us today. I'm going to begin with a line from one of my favorite movies, The Hunt for Red October, where the chief of the boat is saying, I seen me a mermaid once, but to paraphrase him, I've never seen a phantom Russian oil tanker. But apparently that is happening these days as uh, oil transactions are now taking place uh, on the down low. It is. You mentioned under the radar as well, right? And and they've turned off their, their radar, basically. They've turned off their transponders. Russia learned a little bit about uh, selling black market oil from the Iranians. Iran is famous for doing this. When they put sanctioned oil into a tanker and they don't want anyone to know what it is, they turn off their transponders. So they have no idea where the boat picked up the oil or where it dropped off. And what they don't know can't hurt them, right? And they can move this oil to different countries. The buyers can buy it and not you know, get caught under sanctions. So the Russians are playing a hardball, uh, and they're going to do everything they can because, let's face it, their only source of revenue is oil and gas. And if that gets cut off, their entire economy gets cut off. And, uh, you know, 70% of the Earth's surface is water, so there's only so much you can patrol and keep an eye on. And, yes, these uh, tankers are turning off their transponders, so you can't uh, track them by uh, uh, modern 21st century means. Does this also mean they they, they take the uh, Russian flag down from the uh, mast so uh, no one knows, no one can identify them? If they're, if you see them on, if you make visual contact, that is yes, they're they're totally hidden, you know, and uh, they may fly, fly the false flag. Iran has been known to do that, and so yes, so they're going to try to stay off the radar. But you know what? I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, even with Russia using this tactic, uh, there are some buyers of Russian oil that are saying, no, we're not going to take it. But the sad part is many other countries still are, and uh, Russia's still buying, uh, uh, excuse me, China's still buying Russian crude, India openly is buying Russian crude, and then, of course, you have these other players that want to be under the radar and, you know, say that they're not buying it, but continue to buy it regardless. And does this also require Russia to have uh, some kind of mastery of navigation, as in, like, their navy has to control the waters so uh, other ships from other countries don't hassle them? Yeah, I I mean, I've never heard that, but it would make sense, I would assume. I don't know if Iran does that. I think they just send the tanker off and, you know, try to stay out of everybody else's way. You know, even though their transponders are off, others are on. So they can probably have a better viewpoint of what parts of the water to stay away from than, than, than some of these other tankers seeing them. Well, Phil, I think we have uh, the plot for uh, your first best-selling novel about a uh, phantom Russian oil tanker and and the search for it. 
<laughs> I think I need a ghostwriter. You and I can do it together, Rob. Just give me a call. Let's do it. Well, in the spirit of this segment, just pay me under the table. Thanks a lot. Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst with the Price Group based in Chicago. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, striking a financial balance in retirement. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBM. President Biden and the leader of Ukraine speak on a variety of issues, including humanitarian aid. A special report coming up from CBS News. In Personal Finance Wednesday, putting together a plan to make sure you have enough to spend in retirement. As potential owners look for their dream home, they need to be aware of all the costs involved. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 128 points. The NASDAQ is down 87. The S&P 500 is down 26. Uh, AccuWeather forecast for today, cloudy, windy, warmer with rain. Uh, Much of the afternoon into this evening could hear a couple of rumbles of thunder, too. A high today of 63. We have 55 degrees right now at 1231. CBS News special report. In a phone call with President Zelensky, President Biden said the U.S. is giving them $500 million in direct aid and working around the clock to fulfill their security needs. But there isn't much optimism today that Russia will scale back its military operations.
operations in parts of Ukraine. CBS's Mary Lushina. So far on the ground, there's very little science that Russia is actually trying to, you know, move away or kind of dial down their attacks on the targets that they've announced yesterday in the talks. And we are yet to see if they will actually do what the UK officials have been warning and the US officials have been warning, which is regroup and come back with sort of renewed force. Over 4 million people now have fled Ukraine and are in Poland. Lots of disabled people, lots of unaccompanied elderly people who need longer term care. UN Senior Emergency Coordinator Alex Munt. CBS News Special Report. I'm Stacey Lynn. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red. We're joined by Matt Shapiro, President, MWS Capital, based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Uh, after a couple of uh, strong gains uh, the last couple of days, even into last week, uh, it seems like the markets are taking a little bit of a breather today. Uh, what is this in response to? Well, Rob, I think just a little bit of a breather. One more day tomorrow, last day of the quarter, a tumultuous quarter where, you know, of course, we've seen in two weeks what is essentially a a historic rally in the S&P 500 from just the depths of uh, the Ukraine, beginning of the Ukraine war and the interest rate uh, hawkishness of the Federal Reserve. So the S&P up over 10 percent and the um, NASDAQ up over 15 percent. So I think you're going to see a little repositioning into the end of the month, uh, also through April, you know, sell in May. So I think some investors are going to dust themselves off and say, you know what, we've been through a lot of uh, volatility and maybe take a little profits today and over the next couple of weeks. What's remarkable is that for all of the market volatility and the losses that uh, took place in January and February, the last couple of weeks uh, almost uh, saw a complete recovery. Yes, and you had to do exactly the opposite of what, you know, the the panic was. So technology stocks got hit the worst. You know, those Kathy Wood, as listeners know, runs that, that famous and volatile fund uh, that had been up so high and then down so low. So all those stocks that were taking hits were the ones that rose the quickest. Um, and, and in fact, that Kathy Wood Innovation ETF up 30% since the low. So it took a lot of discipline to do that. Also filtering into the fixed income world, because many investors who had balanced portfolios this year in bonds, thinking those were safe, well, actually, because of the aggressive posture of the Fed, uh, fixed income did not do well. In fact, down as much as stocks, which was kind of a shock to a lot of people. But you had to really settle down and buy them. You know, a lot of securities were yielding over 5%, and those have recovered somewhat over the last couple of weeks. Federal Reserve is uh, very hawkish in their outlook uh, for the rest of 2022 as they try to bring inflation under control. I know when inflation takes off, and we haven't experienced inflation like this in at least 30 years. So there are some people uh, who may be under the age of maybe in their 30s or 40s and never really experienced this in any appreciable way. It happened when they were a kid. It happened when they were an infant. And now they're dealing with inflation for the first time in their life. Um, There was some concern that maybe a wage price spiral could take place. But at the same time, is there the possibility that uh, just as how high prices are the cure for high prices, that inflation may be the cure for inflation. 
I think so. I mean, and I think a lot of, uh, you know, listeners out there, you walk into the grocery store and you're saying, you know what, I'm not going to pay $25 a pound for this fish or meat or something like that. And I'm going to kind of substitute a little bit. So there's economic theory that even though when prices rise substantially, people kind of uh, buy a little less or are more careful and choosy. Now, speaking to the Federal Reserve, There was sort of a tacit agreement last year in the stock market, between the stock market and the Federal Reserve, if there can be one, that the Fed would normalize interest rates, and the market was okay with that. And now all of a sudden, the Fed is doing that, and they're they're normalizing interest rates. So the expectation over the next 12 months is that rates will go to, say, about 160, 175. But for some reason, the Fed's communication has been that, in a sense, we are the ones that are going to resolve everything with inflation, and that's really not the case. There's a lot of other things that happen, as you say, the cure for high prices is the cure for high prices. So the Fed isn't everything. So I think what part of this rally was, was the Fed being so aggressive, they moved up the short end so much, but longer term rates actually stayed relatively steady. And there's only so much really the Fed can do without pushing those long term rates down, i.e. potentially causing too much of a pullback in the economy. So I think we're going to have to see over the next couple months that the market sort of has another accommodation with the Federal Reserve, and that could be actually really beneficial for stocks. Well, thanks for joining us. Matt Shapiro, President, MWS Capital, based in Chicago, coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, finding the sweet spot between spending and holding on to enough money in retirement. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. Retirement can pose a challenge when it comes to finding a good balance between using the money you've saved to live your life and to have enough for the longer term. Let's get some help from Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner, Forefront Financial Planning, based in Downers Grove. Shane, thanks for joining us today. When you retire, it sounds like you need to have a mindset shift uh, that uh, it's not that that you can actually, it's not a fixed income anymore, or at least not thinking about having a fixed income, uh, that you can live your life and still have plenty left over uh, for several decades down the road. Exactly, Robin. Thanks again for having me. Uh, it is definitely a shift. It's constantly drilled in our heads during our working years to save, 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 control spending. Uh, but making that shift once you enter retirement is a, is a big adjustment for a lot of people. Uh, One of the approaches that we use a lot with our clients is uh, different phases of retirement. So that first 10 years or so of retirement, usually between 65 and 75, we consider go-go. Those are your active years. You want to do all the things that you couldn't do while you were working, travel, hobbies, bucket list type stuff, active. Uh, That next 10 years or so, 76 to 85, we call slow-go. You're still going, but you're not as active, also not going to be spending as much. And then the remaining years, uh, uh, 86 and over, we call that no-go. For most people, health is going to make it where you're not going to be very active. So we want to make sure that you're spending money during the years when it matters the most. And also there's another contributing factor that actually will work against you in your later years, uh, which we can talk about as well. Yes. You're, you're, once you hit a certain age, you're basically uh, one step ahead of the tax man. Exactly. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes you don't quite make it that extra step. So that what we're talking about here is required minimum distributions. Uh, so basically, 
with pre-tax accounts that you have. That would be traditional 401ks, traditional IRAs, rollover IRAs, uh, those types of accounts. Uncle Sam doesn't want to wait till you pass away to get tax revenue from those accounts. Uh, so he tries to drain it out of you gradually while you're alive. Uh, so uh, you're forced to withdraw a certain percentage of your retirement assets each year once you turn 72. Uh, so they make you do that, so you have to pay income taxes on the amount that you withdraw. Uh, so uh, the percentage increases each year as you approach life expectancy. So, for example, at age 72, you're forced to take out 3.65%. At age 80, 4.95%. And at age 90, 8.2%. So, in other words, uh, uh, as you can see, I was going to say, oh, it, ahead, it, it, it behooves you then uh, to get that boat or get that uh, second home or go on that vacation. Exactly. We don't, we're not encouraging people to not look at spending or to be frivolous, but money that's left in those pre-tax accounts, especially a lot of our clients, they actually income. It's, it's tough for them to process at first, but we encourage them to spend money out of those types of accounts because the less money that's in those accounts at age 72, the lower you're at the whim of the required distributions. And because they're making you pay income taxes on it, we don't know what the income tax rate's going to be. You know, right now, taxes always seem high, but historically they're very low. And so in the future, if you've got a lot of your money all tied to something where you're forced at a certain percentage and you don't know what that tax rate's going to be, you're just kind of at the whim of whatever tax rates occur at that time and you don't control. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner for Fund Financial Planning based in Downers Grove. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, identifying the unexpected costs of buying a home. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's spring home buying season and potential homeowners need to make sure they're ready to handle all of the costs involved. Let's get some tips from Steve Kirch, real estate editor of MarketWatch based in Chicago. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Uh, when you buy a home and when you close, everybody gets paid. That includes the attorney, your real estate agent, the uh, notary who is there to observe the whole thing. So uh, you have to be prepared to pay for things above and beyond the uh, down payment for your home. Yeah, good afternoon, Rob. It's it's kind of a stinger sometimes when you spend all that time, especially if you're a first-time home buyer, saving up for that down payment that you think will get you into your house. And, you know, you're only most of the way there, but there's still quite a bit more that has to be paid out before you can close on that mortgage loan. Um, as you pointed out, the closing documents are very complicated with mortgages these days, and they include a host of fees, including usually an application fee, uh, title search, and maybe some other sort of document fees. Uh, you're going to get a whole closing list uh, with your closing documents, and they're going to show you both credits and and debits and it gets very confusing for first-time buyers in particular uh, the bottom line is you're going to have to come up with more cash than just that down payment and depending on uh, on who your mortgage lender is you could get a break on some closing costs and other expenses uh, associated with closing on your home well, that's that's true. There are deals out there. A lot of it might include uh, you can roll a, a common trick, I suppose, is to roll your closing costs into the 
mortgage loan. So a lot of people have been doing that over the years. Another way is maybe you accept a little bit higher interest rate, and then the lender may roll those closing costs into your loan as well. That still costs you down the line, but it doesn't have to come out of your pocket immediately. And then you have to uh, shop around for a mover, because if you're moving into a house, chances are the uh, days of inviting your friends to get a van and move you into an apartment and you pay them for the you pay them in a case of beer are long gone (laughs) i remember quite a few of those uh in my college days and just after but that's true uh you're going to have to get whatever stuff you have moved from one place to another those costs vary widely so it it pays to shop around Um, you may also have a fund for when you get into that house you're probably going to need a new carpet or new rugs, new curtains. Uh, not all of your furniture is, is going to fit. or I mean, you might need extra furniture, too. So, you know, it's there's a whole host of other expenses that people put in after they move into a new house. It's one of the um, – the realtors have done studies on this that show just how much – fixing up people do, even in a brand new home that that they're just getting into. And in my case, when we moved into our house uh, six years ago, you find out you have to make a major repair the day you move in. Uh, That was two tons of fun. Thanks for joining us. Steve Kirch, real estate editor, marketwatch.com. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.